Another man done gone from the county from another. It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out they chest, but listen, son, now you leaking that fuchsia. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? Pop would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an optimal. Somebody got the drop, the homie Biggie has got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So why the long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told y'all all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the woke and we so-so Silly with the flow, somebody got a popo Heard the lames and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame just to go broke You said think I had the rap game and the trope No, I think I got the whole world in a rope though. Gotta think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Intangic Podcast It's your host Chris here And uh, the first of the farewell episodes uh, of 2020 Um... Kicking off, like I said, uh, 2020 is going to be the, the last year we do uh, regularly scheduled Insanity Checks. Trust me, there will be ones that come up every now and then, but um, we're going to do one every month. Uh, I have a special guest every month to kind of help me sign off on the Insanity Check this year and uh, help me kick off this year in 2020. I got my, my man Justin from Three Fifths Podcast. What's going on, man? Like we rang in the last couple of years, uh, first insanity check. Let's go, let's get it. How's it going, man? Doing pretty good, man. We we were just talking like, yeah, life, man. <laughs> it makes you so tired and so much things Yo, going life, on. Life yeah. happens, man. Life Yo. happens. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been good. Like I said, I've been trying to you know rein things back a little bit and, and manage things. Like I think I did a poor job last year. Um, managing things and just there's, there's so much stuff. I feel like every day I was doing something. I started wearing my Fitbit to, to sleep. I started realizing I was only getting four hours, four or four and a half hours of sleep on a good night. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, maybe I need to change that <laughs> and start sleeping. Yo, that, that, that Fitbit sleep metric, that's what humbled me. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I'm getting some good sleep. I'm, I'm doing all right. Three and a half, four hours. I was like, oh, no. Right. We, we got to <laughs> change this. You start looking at the trend. Because it's like one night you're like, no, nah, man. So, like, I go to bed like midnight and then like i wake up at like five it's good and it's like i'm getting five hours maybe five and a half you start stretching to like six and you start looking at your fitbit your fitbit's like that was a lie like like you're on um maury it's like <laughs> you said you were getting six hours of sleep a night uh the lie director says that was a lie i'm just like ooh, yeah we gotta um gotta change that like mm, yeah it's just not good and i started realizing that i'm not sleeping and everybody else in my life is going like 
no shit. <laughs> like, right. Right. Everybody else sees it but you. You're just like, huh. I turned around my Fitbit, work at, uh, Fitbit at night and I realized something that, ah, guys, shocking, but I'm not sleeping. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, that, like that was because I get up at five so I can get to work on time, right? Same here. We in that strong. So, oh, because we're, we're, we're both going into into the city um, in Northern Virginia or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you know, go to bed at midnight, wake up at five. I'm good. I'm good. Nah, man. It's like, yeah, you think you're going to sleep at midnight. You're actually going to sleep at like, you may be in bed at midnight. You're falling asleep at like one, one, ten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you'll pop up randomly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, actually, Memphis. actually, you're actually getting like maybe three hours of sleep at night if you're lucky. Huh, so is that right. why I'm tired? Yes, motherfucker. Yes, that's why you're tired. <laughs> and then favorite will come with the, the, the subtle shade of, hey, you know, if, you, if you're feeling more tired, maybe you should start going to bed earlier. Right. You know, you're not getting the, the rest that you need. You're not right. getting, you're not even getting six hours, let alone right. eight. Maybe just right. peel it back a little bit. Right. Start judging you and shit like, yeah, you know, uh, a healthy human being gets at least eight hours of sleep at night. You're getting half of that. Right. And you're just like, right. I mean, all right, man. All right. But I mean. Am, am I dead? <laughs> and I, was like, I mean, I'm still here. I'm still right. taking. And Fib was like, you might not be. <laughs> you know, you might not be here long. So, um. It's like for now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. One second. No. Um. Yeah, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a little bit better. And, and I'm saying that and doing a little bit better. And I'm still at four and a half hours of sleep. But now I'm just like, I'm at least acknowledging it. <laughs> so now it's like, I'm making a little, little deals for myself. It's like, like today. I um I made sure on Friday I went to bed a little bit earlier. By earlier, I mean like eleven o'clock, and I stayed in bed a little longer. And by longer, I meant seven. So I'm like, huh, I almost got eight hours of sleep last night. My Fitbit's still like sleep score still like fair, <laughs> and it's still like seventy six. <laughs> I'm like that sleep score is so humbling. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. Sleep score fifty. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what do you not mean? doing that good? I was like, what do you mean? It's like all this week I've been getting like four or four and a half hours of sleep. I did seven hours last night. What do you mean it's still fair? Like I I I, I want to protest. I <laughs> yo yeah, but no, it, it's good. Like I said, I've been trying to cut back a little bit. Um, again, not rushing to get things out. I mean, I know for premium member Tay, I know episodes are coming out. We have a bad boys um spoiler review from Rowan Brandon that's gonna be coming out. And I'll figure out what the next two uh, this month are going to be. But like I said, I'm just trying to put myself uh, a little bit first <laughs> in, you know, making sure you get the sleep you need, the rest you need. I'm and, uh, heading back to the gym and doing that more frequently, eating better, you know, just, you know, the normal shit that you're supposed to do. But um, when life hits, you tend to, um, you know, uh, uh, forget that. <laughs> and me and you are both coming from White Plains, so... It takes thirty minutes Bruh. just to get just to get to the Beltway. That's why I can't wait to move. I was like, I, I can't be here any longer. Like it's thirty Yo, minutes just like this. <laughs> you know, it's thirty minutes just to get anywhere of value. Like I can't, I can't do this. Like I'll be sitting there waking up, waking up at five thirty, thinking to myself, yeah, you you hear me waking up at five thirty, thinking I'm gonna get to, to work at like at the most six fifteen or something like that. No, I'm still like pushing seven. Sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. No, no, I can't wait to fucking move. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, But, yeah, so that's the, that's the thing. That's my goal for, you know, everybody says, you know, New Year's, you know, resolutions and all this other stuff. For me, my thing is, um, um, my, my thing is, 
you know, you don't really need a New Year's resolution. You just need to, you know, it's it's a good it's a good starting point to make sure that any new habits you wanted you can start with. So, yeah. So I started doing a little bit of it last year, but um, yeah, I'm really trying to stay focused on it and and, and do better. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Too bad the rest of the country isn't that way. So everything's going to shit. Um, we 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 started so well. We're doing we, so well. Did did we though? Did we? I meant the show. Like it was happy. It was upbeat. Oh, it was oh, good. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, everything's terrible. Everything's terrible. Um. Oh, oh no, the new year. We we ran in the new year the same way we do every year. Watching Don Lemon get toasty uh, yeah. on the company dollar. Like that. Right. That is. Yeah. That is an amazing tradition. I swear, the greatest turnaround ever has been Don Lemon because I did not fuck with that dude, and then something happened, and he just said fuck it, and um. He went from being the non-black uh, anchor at CNN to being the blackest anchor at CNN. So I, I don't know. It's just strange. No, he went from being safe Negro to, hi, I'm black, I'm gay, and I'm Don Lemon. Right. Like, what, when did this happen? <laughs> right. Right. It's like, when did, when did, when did, all right, you know, MLK, Don Lemon, what the fuck? I don't know when this fucking happened. Um, But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh oof. If we're lucky, you know, it, it, we have one more year of of of, of Trump. If we're lucky, and I'm calling okay. that luck because I have no faith. <laughs> See, look, I have no faith. I, I had faith once. I had faith once, and then uh, white Americans writ large reminded me, "Oh, right, you're still white." Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, nah. I, I, I've seen how you vote. Like, I've I've seen your priorities. Yeah. Right. Like, the, there's nothing that has happened from November 2016 to now that makes me think that they're going to change. Mm-hmm. Because this is what they want. Like, no, no scandal, no level. Like all the stuff coming up from from the impeachment inquiries. All the dumb. These are the dumbest criminals ever. But none of that's going to change because they don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. They wanted the racism. They wanted the sexism. They wanted the homophobia. That's yep. all they care about. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. I have paying, been paying attention to none of the impeachment inquiry stuff. It never matters. Never matters. Never matters. And, we'll, and we'll get more into that kind of stuff later on. But, like, honestly, it doesn't matter. I'm seeing all these people, like, spending... It's like reality TV at this point. It's like, oh, no, they did something this terrible. And I'm like, yeah, but the Republicans don't give a shit. So, what? Ted Cruz has already given the game away. He got on, um, it was either his Twitter or something, he said, he'll have a fair trial and he'll be acquitted. And I'm like, okay, well, he's told you the game already. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, dude, you, you can't, no, if it's a fair trial, you can't, you can't say he's going to, that's not how that works. Like, here's the thing with the Republicans, they don't even respect you enough to lie to your face. They're telling you we're going to acquit him. We're not even going to lie about it. We're not even going to say, you know, we reviewed the evidence. We're telling you straight up, we're acquitting. And you're not going to do a damn thing about it. The one thing I did notice was uh, we were at that time of year where uh, white people act shocked that Susan Collins is actually a terrible piece of shit. Uh, Wait, wait, in December she said that she would be open to hearing about, uh, that that she'd be open to hearing about uh, new evidence. And, uh, uh, And then in January she said she doesn't want to hear any new evidence. I'm like, yeah, like she does. Every time they all give you hope that they're going to do this. And like, at what point do you just stop believing them? 
I feel like they need to believe because like they, they still have this desire to see like, no, the system works. I mean, it's working, just not how you think it's supposed to work. This, this is all mm-hmm. by design, mm-hmm. right? Like Susan Collins, her brand is, oh, I'm a moderate. I'm standing up to Trump. Look at me. But I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to vote with him anyways. Like nothing, none of this matters. But I got my five seconds of fame, right? Oh, the John McCain. Ah, yes. The good old John oh, the McCain. Good, the good old John McCain. Huh, okay. I mean, and, and the thing about it is, like, the Republicans have, are, have understood that as long as you have some people that are absolutely terrible, like, you know, Lindsey Graham and the, you can then have cover for people like Susan Collins. And it's like, it's a, it's a brilliant way they're doing it. Like, I, I just wish, yeah, it's brilliant. The Republicans have realized that if we all stick together, no matter how terrible is, we all win. And when I say we, I mean them. Um, and that's all they're in it for. So, yeah, it's been great. But anyway, we're not going to talk politics right now. We're going to we're going to talk something else. We're going to talk some other hot topics that have come up over the last um, last month. I did I did one of these in December, I believe. I did. I did. Uh, you know, I did one in December before we ended the year. But in between that time, um, let's do this. Let's 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 talk Tyler Perry. Let's talk Mr. Perry here. Um, I didn't let's say do it. I didn't say anything with the, the opening of the studio. Right? I was like, all right, you know. It's good for him. He's got this money. He's opening the studio. It's a you know, black-owned studio. Congratulations. Whatever. Kept my mouth shut. Didn't say anything. Let people get the party off over that. Um, but then he took to, what was it, Instagram? And uh, he posted an image of all his terrible scripts for TV shows that are also fucking terrible. Um, and, and, then, and, and again, even then, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't even going to say anything when he said, this is why I don't have a writer's room. Like, and I write all this myself. You know, I was, of course you do. Your shit is terrible. Of course you write it yourself. You're a terrible writer. Again, I was going to keep that shit to myself, let it go. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, new year, new me. I'm trying not to, you know, really get in and, 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 and yuck people's yum and, and, and get in on Tyler Perry like that. I've said my piece on it before. What killed me is when he tagged that shit work ethic. When he tried to make it seem like, him not having a writer's room and him him being successful is about his work work ethic and that this idea that somehow he's just working harder than everybody else. And and and, and just to be fair, this isn't just a Tyler Perry thing. This is a lot of people thing, particularly with social media stuff like that. This hustle nomics bullshit people are on, it's gotta stop. I'm I'm tired of people Posting this hustle, hustle nomics bullshit, as if hustle is what makes you successful, and and if somebody else isn't successful or, or wants to be as successful as you, they need to hustle as hard as you do. That's bullshit. That is complete and utter bullshit. Like, and I'm tired of people giving um, people like Tyler Perry credit for this shit. Yeah, he works hard, but also what he's doing is working dumber. You have a writer's room, not because you get a writer's room to help you offload some of the work. You can still be a leader. You can still lead that writer's room as a showrunner and and push them. Like his whole thing was uh, he came back later on and he defended it by saying that, well, I used to have a writer's room, but they weren't writing to the quality of what I wanted, which we're going to get to that lie later on. And they weren't speaking to my audience. So I took it over myself and I did it myself. And I'm like, well, it just sounds like you were a terrible leader. And as the head writer and leader of that writer's room, 
you didn't get a, do a good enough job conveying what your audience was for those writers. So that that's sort of the the slant I want to take at this, right? Or I, I, I want to take to this, right? If you're saying, let, let's take him at face value. Cool. The writers that you had hired initially were not up to snuff, whatever. They didn't convey that vision, whatever. You have two choices as a leader. Well, you have more than two choices, but I want to focus on these two, right? You can either say, hey, this is my overarching vision for these shows. This is the sort of audience we're writing for. Let's try to move more towards this. Or you can go out and get other people to fit your vision. Right? Like, just because it doesn't work once doesn't mean that it will never work again. It just means that you have to do a better job at selecting talent. That's part of being in management. That's part of being a leader. You have to select your team. And if your team isn't performing the way you want them to perform or they're not executing your vision the way you want them to, you have to find team members that will. Because saying I'll do it all myself, that doesn't help anyone, right? Like, seeing people try to talk around this and sort of try to give him cover in no other situation would we look at a writer's room or look at how someone is behaving in a writer's room like this and say it's okay, right? We always say with the writer's room, Watchmen was celebrated for having diversity in their writer's room, right? They were able to find a group of a group of writers from different backgrounds with different schools of thought and were still able to carry out a, spe- a specific vision for the show while still having all their different tastes, all their different takes, all their different touches, Right? I refuse to believe that someone that worked, someone that's been in this industry as long as Tyler Perry can't also do that. In Atlanta. Right? In Atlanta. In Atlanta. In in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Having, not just having the movie background he has, but also the, the background he has in stage, you've been around this industry long enough to know people and to know how to select people to execute your vision, right? It's not like you don't know the people. And the other thing that he gets covered for, which th- oh wait this wait is just before you go on, but, but, but before you go into that, because something I wanted to pick up on something, because you, you said something I had in my notes I want to talk about with this is if Tyler Perry was white, we'd all be talking about how much of a toxic white male director and writer he is, and how his particular like like that that absolutely would not like what he did. He he didn't just fire these people. Like there's a I mean this is from 2008 on the house on House of Pain. He fired four writers because they seek to unionize and basically ask for more money. This had nothing to do with they weren't executing his vision. They wanted to be paid basically for their work. And they started unionizing and Tyler Perry said, "Fuck that." That's what got him in trouble with the Writers Guild. This wasn't just some this wasn't just some simple simple shit, right? If if Tyler Perry, if this was a white man who did this to black right, let's be honest, this is black writers. This is black on black shit right here, all right? This is a black writers room, black writers that he filed, he that he fired when they tried to unionize to get cre- to get uh, paid for their work. He had to go to negotiations with with uh WGA for that. And he's been bitter about that ever since. He was he's been bitter about the writers' room and, and the writers guild since they forced him to come back to the table and pay these people. This isn't just about his vision. This isn't about ratings. This is about a shitty man who didn't want to pay people what they were owed and what they were worth. If he was white, we wouldn't be having this conversation because everybody would be like, fuck him. This isn't cute. 
Yeah, that, that, that's what raised my red flag, the union thing, right? And he can say, oh, it's because they wanted to send white people to me and I wanted all black people. Cool, whatever. Again, let's take that at face value, Tyler Perry. You're Tyler Perry at the, reaching the crescendo of your career in 2008. You have Oprah's backing. You mean to tell me you, Tyler Perry, couldn't work with one of these unions to get the representation and diversity you needed? If that's what you really wanted, right? Well, that's like if this is something that you really and truly wanted, Tyler Perry. If this is all about keeping um, your writers' room black, as you, that, that was his defense at the time. Because I remember this. If that's your defense, you have Oprah's backing. You mean to tell me that you and Oprah can't work together to execute that vision? You couldn't get with the get, Writers Guild. You couldn't get. You couldn't get. Who black has been writers? open to this sort of thing before in the past? What? Well, well, that's the thing, right? This is the thing that powerful, powerful people do, particularly powerful men with money. They turn themselves into the victim. And so the entire time I saw this, I'm seeing people defend him and make these excuses. I'm like, you are defending the wrong person. You are defending basically the billionaire over the working people. That is what you're doing. You're you're and you're letting his excuse of, well, I'm a black man and society. I did. He succeeded by exploiting black people. That is what he did. All right. Now, you can sit there and say, whatever you want about that, fine, whatever. But let's say what it is, all right? That's what he did. So when he, he comes out and says some shit like this, and he starts pumping this up as work ethic, and I just work harder, it's like, no, you're not working harder. You're doing the same thing every powerful person does. You underpay, you overwork your staff, and you take all the fucking credit for it. That's what you do. And then when you're challenged on it, you said, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself, and while it's successful because of your name and what you're doing, you 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 think that that's that's okay. And people are defended because they're like, oh, well, you know, get your money, Tyler. What? Really, guys? And I, and I think that's something that the two of us have like in in sort of this space, that urge to just say, I'll do it myself is really strong. But what makes a better product is trusting the people around you and trusting yourself that you have selected good people around you to say, hey, y'all got it. Right. Or or even or even again, you know, you be the head writer. Be the head writer and it still comes to you and if you don't want it, you still you can still say no. Like that doesn't that doesn't right. that doesn't it's not letting honestly, cause you can be a micromanager. <laughs> Nothing said you you didn't have to be a micromanager and a lot of people fucking do that, trust me. You could have micromanage the shit out of that writer's room, right? But instead you decided and again, it's it's all of this is out of spite. Because he's always had a problem with what they did to him before. It's just. Yeah, you know, you know me, I, I am big on unions. I'm a union guy. So when when I when I saw that he had a history of like going against the unions, that 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 was a red flag to me. Yo, people forget, like everybody's talking about all the celebrities that showed up to a studio something like that he was being picketed. They were they were they were out front picketing his studio because of what he does. This is the reality of it. You can't just turn a blind eye to that shit, right? Other thing, I think, oh, go ahead. No, I think like, I don't want to say it's because of social media, but social media is definitely amplified and everybody has to have like the definitive take. You can be excited that a black man built the studio and is centering black people and black talent and, the significance of that you can be excited for that and you can also at the same time say 
I do not appreciate how he treats labor, or I do not appreciate his approach to things, but I can acknowledge and give props to this achievement, right? Both of those two things can be true, but because agenda is going to agenda, people found themselves entrenching themselves in the got to defend Tyler. I'm voting for, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black. And it's like, you can root for everybody black while also still pointing out that, Hey, things can be better. But that's, but that, but 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 that's the thing too, right? It's like, Queen and Slim, I hated the Queen and Slim. The movie's better than anything Tyler Perry's ever written, though, right? And I remember some people being really upset about that film, right? But then with Tyler Perry, it's like, well, I'm going to watch his stuff. It's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's dumb and it's stupid, but like, it's, it's, it's harmless. I'm like, mm. like there There are two scenes that ruined Queen and Slim for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the movie could have been so much better. Without Not that. even if you change those two scenes, if you just remove them entirely, yes. you still get the same thematic movie and it's infinitely better. Yes. Yes. Because like that, that protest scene was so dumb. Was oh so my dumb. God, it was so dumb. Dumb and pointless. Um, the only thing too here that I hear a lot of people say is, and, and, and Tyler said this himself too, and people look at this like as a defense. And it was like, I was watching, what was it, the Essence interview he did when they were talking about it. And it's like, I... I Black outlets, I get it. You have black people interviewing black people and you want to root for everybody black. I get that. But I'm so tired of people fanboying and fangirling when they do these fucking interviews instead of holding people's feet to the fucking fire. Because that interview was fucking worthless. Because it let let Tyler define what people were saying about him, himself, and not what actually people were saying, right? Like, they let Tyler go down the idea of making it seem like it was about the quality of his shows and who his audience is and speaking to his audience, which is bullshit. We all know it's about the unions, right? That's easy. Like, you can you can put in Tyler Perry and WGA and you see exactly what the fuck comes up on that. That shit is not unknown. Like, it's there, right? That's the first part, right? But the second one, if you're going to let him get away with it and say it's about speaking to his audience, I need somebody... I've saw this a lot in the defenses I was seeing people saying, well, it's audiences, you know, you know, black churchgoers, and that's what it is. And, you know, if nobody's going to write to that audience, you got to give them credit for speaking to that audience. I mean, I'm like, okay, you mean speaking to the homophobic, transphobic, you know, uh, respectability politics church audience? You talking about that audience? We're, we're now cool with speaking to that? Okay. We're cool with that now, huh? Like, when every time, every time you talk about uh, Tyler Perry and quality, People go, well, people watch, it's an audience, stuff like that. But what is the type of audience? Is it just because they're black? Like, again, if it was a white director speaking to the alt-right, we'd all be fucking pissed. What Tyler Perry does in in, in, in his movies and, and the stuff he portrays in his movies, it's not about it being bad for black people per se. It's just bad because of the bigoted way it shows things and the way it portrays things. It is respectability up to... Like r- ridiculous amount of, of shit. It's it's homophobic. It's transphobic. You know it is. This shit is not cute. But again, he's a successful black man, so people say, "Well, he's succeeding, so it's okay." And I'm like, it really isn't. It's not. It's not okay. It's never been okay. Because when we, if you say that's okay, then all those other times we see somebody doing something that's slightly off in a movie. And everybody's writing all those think pieces about. I now have to go. Then is that bullshit too? 
like we're letting the other shit go now like or you're defending Tyler when people bring it up you're like y'all just gotta let that shit go it's his audience I'm like well the audience is wrong too you know so here's the other thing if that is his audience you mean to tell me Tyler Perry you can't find anybody that can write to that audience there's nobody else in the space that you can give an opportunity to it's only you Right, like his his own argument does not make like it doesn't pass a basic logic check because it does. Basically, it, saying yeah, it's not I am the only person out of the seven billion people in the world writing to this audience in the most basic way possible. It's not like, even like it's genius. It's not even like it's it's not even like it's creative or it's genius. He's literally just doing stereotypes, and that's it. Like there's a there's a there's a like trust me if you've been in the if you listen to. Uh, uh, if you watch TV or you've been around uh, the DMV area, you saw all those advertisements for all those plays. Like, you know, what was it like? Uh, uh, Mama brought home a boyfriend, but daddy doesn't know kind of plays, right? Those shit happens all the fucking time. Tyler Perry just happened to blow up because he was also in Atlanta at the time doing that kind of shit. Those are those plays are a dime a dozen. Everybody has them. It's the trashy novel section of a, of a, of a, of a bookstore that has all them kind of of fake woke hotep ass like themes in it. That's what that shit is. Tyler Perry just happened to blow up off of his. It's not unique. It isn't. It's also bad. And and, and, it's like, and not good. What, 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 <laughs> what people are defending when they defend him is what they're saying is nobody else deserves an opportunity to do this. Right? Like that's ultimately what you're saying. Ultimately what you're saying is, well, he doesn't have to give anyone else an opportunity. I mean, no, he doesn't have to, but the way things get better and the way you start building these networks and the way people, other people can be pulled up the way this is supposed to work is you get in that writer's room, you get those credits, you, you have that on your resume and then you can say, cool, now I'm going to try to do my own thing. He's not, he's not allowing other people to get those opportunities. Right. Well, and the, and the thing he's about not. it is you, though, you have to, you have to go through Tyler Perry to do that because anybody else trying to do that on their own, is going to get roasted by the same people that defend Tyler Perry. Exactly. Like the, the, so, the, there's some institutional protection in doing it under the Tyler Perry label, right? right. Like the, building up your own studio like this, that this is supposed to be why the studio was celebrated, right? Because it's supposed to give opportunities to other black people that have been overlooked elsewhere. But now we're also going to praise Tyler Perry for not giving other people opportunities because he's the sole voice that can speak to this audience, right? Like I, I, there are too many creative people in the world for me to believe that there has to be someone else out there that can write to Tyler Perry's vision that he can build a room around. Right. Right. There has to be. But instead of doing that, he's saying, I will do it all myself. Like you're saying that's work ethic. Me and you agree. That's working harder, not smarter, a smarter way to work and a more beneficial way to work for the community that you're that you that you want to uplift is to give other people those chances. And, hey, if they're not writing up to snuff, be that mentor and show, hey, this is what I'm expecting. There's also this is what I would like. There's also there's also this whole thing of because I've seen this happen, too. When people always get on somebody for not using their 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 platform to help, you know, move and, and, and mature the audience that they're speaking to, right? So that's the other thing too with the Tyler Perry stuff is all right, cool. Started off with the church crowd and that's who that's who his audience is. Tyler Perry has done nothing but, but exploit that since. He has never at any point you've never seen Tyler Perry try to take something and mature that audience with him. Or change their opinion on some things, or maybe have them no, he continues to exploit in 
you know, stereotypes and bigotry and that kind of stuff to make a buck. Which, again, hey, you know what? It's the American way. Good for him on that respect. But I don't want to hear the same people defending Tyler Perry then getting upset when somebody else comes in and does it. You can't do that. It can't be it's fine for Tyler Perry to do it, but everybody else I'm going to throw a fit for. No. Nope. Can't do that. Pick one. Either it's okay to do that and continue to speak to that audience and not try to mature, grow them, and, 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 and move them out of their bigoted ways. Or you're fine with letting it go. Using that audience and continue to let them believe that bullshit and, 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 and give into the, the, the basis, whatever. He's at no point showed any, any, any indication of trying to do that shit. And then when you throw the labor stuff in on top of that, like, this is not a good dude. This is not a good dude. This is not the dude you defend on this shit. This is not the person who takes this opportunity. And really, and I talked about that. We talked about this. I talked about this with Roe and Brandon. We were doing one of our, one of our reviews and we turned into a teleparry discussion. And we were just like, he's not even the dude that people claim he is when it comes to putting people on. He might give you the space at the studio, but Tyler Perry is not help putting the weight of his stuff and the weight of his name and everything else behind these people to build their stuff up. He's not doing that. Tyler Perry puts himself first and that's it. And then if he can build off of him letting some other people use his studio, he's going to do that, but he's not going to put the same, like his, his response was, you know, there's other, there's other things that we're doing. Other shows we're doing at Tyler Perry studios and those showrunners, they'll have writer rooms. I'm like, yeah, cause they're not dicks like you are. Like, he made it seem like it was his idea for everybody else to have a writer room, but not his stuff. It's like, that's not what that is. That's Those people work well with the WGA. Those people don't mind if their writers are unionized. Those people work well with groups of writers' rooms, knowing that that's the smart way to do this. That wasn't Tyler Perry's fucking idea. The fuck? He doesn't get credit for that. Oh, man. Like, I'm just... I'm I'm just I'm just tired of this man. I'm tired of people. And 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 again, I'm using Tyler Perry as an example here. He's not the only one. There's a bunch of these people out here that make it seem like that their success is because they work harder than other people. And honestly, that's the other thing that pisses me off. That's a Republican idea. That's very Republican to say that your success is because you're outworking everyone else around you. That is rarely true. Your success. Hard work. Yeah, like hard work definitely plays a part in it, but you have to acknowledge that you got on largely because the right people noticed you, right? Like Tyler Perry's success does not happen without Oprah, mm-hmm. straight up. Yep. Like j- j- just straight up. That's not saying that Tyler Perry is a complete product of nepotism. That's not saying that Tyler Perry doesn't even work hard. What it's saying is your hard work had to be noticed by someone else to get on. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to say, hey, well, someone looked out for me. So now I'm going to look out for other people. Well, so that, that's, that's, how, but, that's, but, that's, that's how community is supposed to work. But that's a piece, right? That's the missing piece. And that's why people don't want to make it seem like that they got help from other people. Because once you admit that your success is... At the very least, 
50, 50 percent of your success is because somebody else came in and gave you the opportunity. The minute you admit that, you then have to admit that you have to do the same thing to help you help other people, and not. And it's got to be proportional, proportional, right? It can't just be some, well, I put this person in my movie. Or, you know, I pay this one person over here. It's got to be proportional to the success you have right now. When you have when you have more, you give more, right? Yeah, he built a fucking studio, but that's not a studio just for black films and black filmmakers. Everybody's using that studio, right? We know that. We, we know that uh, Marvel and Disney use it for Black Panther, right? So it's not just a black studio for just putting black people on. He built a studio for everybody to use to raise Tyler Perry's profile. That's what that is, all right? Yes, some black stories will be there, but that's not about putting on black people, right? That's not putting some other people in front of you, you know? Because that's what it really comes down to. At some point, when you're put, you have to put other people in front of you. I made this comment, we make this comment all the time on, on movie show the reviews, but you know who does that? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt does you that. Know who else is, you know who else is really good at that? Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Like, like as you were saying, you know, like, yeah, that sounds exactly like every, everything that you just said. That's what Ryan Coogler's whole ethos was during Black Panther. Everybody, everybody eats. <laughs> you know, everybody eats. Everybody, you know, I'm, you drop in other people's names, making sure other people are there. That's what that is about. You doing an interview, you making sure that that person behind the camera that's doing this, you, you know, is, is helping there, is right there with you, dropping these names. That's what you have to fucking do because that's how, that's how, you, that's how you got put on. And, I'm, and, 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 and people like Tyler Perry who make it seem like this hustle-nomics bullshit is what, make, what gets you there, the grind, right? Everybody's, the grind, you got to grind. Grind till I die. Motherfucker, you're just going to die. Cause you can grind as much as you fucking want, but if the right, like you said, the right people don't notice you, notice you, and then also help you, you're not getting anywhere. You can work as hard as you fucking want and not get anywhere. That doesn't fucking matter. And a matter of fact, what's going to happen is when they put you on, they're probably going to tell you to stop working as hard. They're going to tell you to work smarter <laughs> because that's what they did. And you when, know what's working smarter? empowering other people that is working smarter yes that, that it it's that simple like building a team of people you trust that you can mentor and empowering them to say you got it it's it's but so, and the other thing too that the bottom of this 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 hustle first grind work ethic bullshit that people say particularly when it comes from and and this is i'm really speaking to black people on this one because i i i find it it, it happens a lot because we we have to we already know we have to do, we have to work so much harder right just to get that first notice right so there is that you know you have to work hard to get noticed and and it, when it comes to being black or any kind of person of color or a woman you have to work twice as hard just to get that get that foot in the door sometimes right but i feel like and i see this a lot of times on facebook and social media that people like particularly like minorities, some of them believe that that's it. That, that the thing that's missing is they're not working hard enough. Or the reason why somebody else is not getting the opportunity is they're not working hard enough. And we keep ignoring the fact that every, behind every one of these successful people, these successful white people, is somebody else who helped them. It's not just about working hard, right? Jeff Bezos' wife, wouldn't she didn't she help him found Amazon? Or something like that? 
uh, I know the boy Ninja, um, the Fortnite streamer, his parents are loaded. So that's how he was able to, to set up his whole thing. Um, Mel Gibson's wife was the breadwinner of that, uh, of that, uh, of that family until uh, he, uh, while he was living on the couch, while he was, you know, struggling, uh, out of work actor trying to get something before he got his big break. She was a breadwinner because she was like a doctor or something like that. She paid all the fucking bills. Like, all these people that people swear up and down are so... There's no such thing as a self-made millionaire or a self-made billionaire. No such fucking thing. Because in order to be successful, somebody had to give you a fucking opportunity. They had to. They had to give you an opportunity. They had to look out for you. That's where it comes from. It all comes from that. And sometimes what it comes down to when you're black is somebody else black got an opportunity. So what do they do? They hire you or they put you in or they do this and they do this to bring you in. So when you start saying that it's work ethic and I don't have a writer's room and I just do all this, blah, blah, blah. What it tells me is you believe that you did it all yourself. And that you don't believe in putting, really putting the effort behind, you know, that reach back like you should. And that reach back being, yeah, dude, writer's room. If they're not speaking to your audience, then teach them how to speak to your audience. So that when you're gone or you hang it up, somebody can keep, keep writing that trash to that audience. If that's what it's really about, right? But we all know that's not what it's really about. It's not really about that. It's about hoarding. It's about, you know, it's about, about acting like it's pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Like, that's what I hear when he says work ethic. Pull yourself up by your bootstrap. By your own bootstraps. Right. And like you said, it's disappointing because it's like that a lot of people could be put on and a lot we we could expand the the quote unquote network and this could really be the the positive avatar that people are def like the avatar people are defending it could actually be that right it could actually be a symbol of black people putting other black people on it could actually be that instead of tyler perry doing tyler perry things like and it sucks like doing that is like when when somebody approaches you to 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 do a movie based off of four colored girls you go and say you know what i know a black woman who would be better for that job instead of you taking it yourself and doing a terrible job on it right that knowing when to step aside and point to somebody else like do, do any of us really believe that when when ava stepped uh didn't take the black panther job that she didn't go to uh, kevin feige and say hey but i do know this young dude named uh ryan coogler you should talk to Come on. Come on. Okay. You you brought it up. I'm a, I'm a fan of Ava's. Uh, I enjoy Ava's work. I think she made the right decision. Um, I don't think her tastes are suited to what Black Panther would have called for. See, I wasn't trying to do that because, you know, listen, I know people love a wrinkle in time. Styles make fights. Styles make fights. Hey, I'm just saying, Her just, style just is not like even with the wrinkle in time. Like she, what Ava likes to do, I'm noticing yeah. is like she likes to focus on people mm -hmm. and how people react to things. Yeah. But for something like a wrinkle in time, we want to see what they're reacting to. We want to see the fantastic world. We want to see all this fantastic stuff. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily how people but, react. But here, but here's the thing. And here's stuff. the thing. Sometimes knowing that something's not for you, it's the right decision, right? Bingo. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that.
because it doesn't mean you don't get other opportunities. So what happened after that, right? Ryan Coogler gets the opportunities. Ava goes on to do all these other get get gets picked up for all these other things, right? We'll see if uh, New Gods ever comes out. But like she gets hit, hit for this, all these other things, right? So it's not like it's not like turning down an opportunity means that and get, and, and and helping somebody else get that opportunity when you turn it down doesn't mean that you, the door closes on you forever, right? That but that goes back to what you're saying. That's part of building that community, right? Yeah. If you want that, like they they approached you, they clearly recognize the skills. Just because you turn down this opportunity doesn't mean that you can't say, "Well, I don't think this is right for me, but I'd love to talk to you about something that we that we both can work on together." Because I'm excited to work with you. I do not think this this particular project is right for me. Let's find a project that we both agree on that we can get the best product out there. Like it's not hard, man. It's not hard. It's not hard. You gotta gotta humble yourself a little bit. Like I said, I, I'm just so tired of seeing like the excuses and the oh well he's making money. I'm like, since when has that been a valid excuse for anything? Michael Bloomberg made a fucking mu- bunch of money. Donald Trump is making a bunch of money right now. Making fucking money doesn't make you right. Right? Being an asshole doesn't make you right. Tyler Perry's also an asshole. People have said that. <laughs> right? He's untalented and he's an asshole. He just got a lucky break. And and you know what? I think more and more people need to also admit that sometimes, and, and this isn't right, but sometimes success is based off of luck. And I think a lot of people don't want to admit that because it's hard to believe that you'd rather believe that it's hard work and you're not working hard enough than to believe your luck is so shitty that you can never make that break. And I understand that fully. At the same time, it's true. It's true. Like, there's a lot of luck of making sure that you're in the right place, you you meet the right people, and those people can recognize what you're doing. Like, I'm lucky enough right now in the job I'm in to be surrounded by a bunch of people who are able to recognize my potential and help me realize that even when I didn't see it myself. That's luck. I could have been anywhere and 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 still been making the same amount of money I was making 10 years ago. Really could be. Like, it's luck to kind of run into those people. And working harder doesn't change that. You can work your ass off and people don't recognize it. And people don't, you know, people don't give you that opportunity. Working hard, working even harder is going to run you to an early grave. So this idea that work ethic, the fuck out of here. Most people have a good work ethic. Most people do. You know? Also, you know, to be successful... I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to grind myself to death. I shouldn't. People talk about mental health, you know, suicide rates, and you see the suicide rates of some of the people who are successful. That success comes at at, at, at is coming at the expense of their own health. They're grinding themselves to death. Nah, man. Come on. That's not something to be promoted. That's something to be applauded. That's bullshit. And then you add on the labor stuff on top of that. Come on, man. Come on. Um, moving on to Tyler Perry. I got another one here for us. Um, it's an article I saw uh, come out on Good Morning America. I was canceled and nearly destroyed my life. The day of t- uh, May 10th, uh, 2019, started off like any other for Natasha Tynes. Uh, she woke up, got her kids off of school, and then hopped on the, w, uh, the Washington, D.C. Metro to hit her job as a communication officer at a bank. The Jordan, the Jordanian um, American mother of three, was counting down the days until her debut novel, "They Call Me Wyatt," about a murdered Jordanian student, 
would be published no, nation, nationwide. But in order to commit to work, she quickly hit a send on a social media post that would, would cause her life to unravel. If I could take this back, I would, Tyne told, uh, 43 told uh, the Good, Good Morning America. The now-deleted tweet read, When you're on your morning commute and see a, w, uh, a WMATA employee in a uniform eating on the train, I thought we would not. Uh, I thought we were not allowed to eat on the train. This is unacceptable. Hope, uh, hope they respond. Uh, and when I asked, uh, when I asked the employee, when I asked the employee about this, her response, her response was, "Worry about yourself." I don't remember. Do you remember this, 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 uh, this tweet and this, this thing that happened about this woman? As you're about- saying it, I do remember it because yeah. all she had to do was mind her own damn business. All you do is shut the fuck up. Like right now, all you gotta do is mind your business. What, what, what are you snitching for? Why are you snitching? If I remember, Why are you snitching? If I remember correctly, she also took a picture of the woman, too? Yes. Yes, she, she did. Took a picture, she took a picture so, of the so, woman. So, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, she, she was just enjoying a meal. And you're not allowed to do that. Well, who the fuck are you, top flight security of the world? Right. Times Post was included a photo of the employee, instantly received a flood of replies, accusing her of racism, which the Jordanian-American writer denied. I'm an immigrant of color... That doesn't mean you're not racist. And this was the last thing on my mind when I sent out that tweet. The moment I need to complain about the Metro service. What was wrong with the... No. I, no so, mm, mm, see, this is again where I... I, I in 2020, I want, I, want, I want people that write articles to stop letting people say things like that and not challenge them on that. What was wrong with the Metro service with that woman eating? One, was, it, was, she, was, she, was she driving the train? Or was she getting off of her shift? Was it was her eating affecting your service? Was her eating affecting your your daily commute? The answer to any of those is no. All of those is no. Then, there. Why were you complaining about the service in the metro? There was no service issue. There's no service issue. It does, like like it doesn't pass a basic logic check. It, it doesn't. doesn't. No. Within 35 minutes of hitting sin, Tynes had taken down the treat, realizing she had made an error in judgment. You think? But the damage was done to her reputation. She had already been branded online as anti-black, elitist, and narcissistic. That is a fact. Okay. Also, when you get called out on it, it's easy to say, you know what? Yeah, I fucked up. My bad. That's also an easy thing to say, right? Yep. Yep. She tweeted an apology and she said she called Metro Authority to make sure the employee wouldn't be penalized. Tyne said the online tech kept pouring in, and soon after her publisher, Rare Bird, Rare Bird canceled her book deal, calling Tyne's tr- uh, tweet truly horrible. She was canceled. Tyne said she uh, she landed in the emergency room that night after suffering a nervous breakdown. Okay. It took less than 240 characters and 35 minutes to dismantle, dismantle a career and a book she had spent four years writing. First of all, first of all, I didn't see anything about you being fired from your actual career. All right. So it didn't, as far as I know, it didn't dismantle your career. All right. You're still, you were a, what did you say, a, a communication uh, person for a, uh, let's see, what did she say she was? Um, she was a communicator, you were a communications officer at a bank. So unless the bank fired you, your career wasn't actually canceled. So you still had a career, just that you tweeted something out there horrible. And the publisher of your book that you spent four years writing cancel your deal. You would think. So first thing is, even if you were going to complain about somebody eating, you she probably would have been able to get away with it, right? People do that shit all the time. You probably would have gotten away with it. Where you fucked up was taking a picture of that person without their consent. And you know what? Good. Because more and more people need to realize you can't do that shit. 
The problem is our phones have cameras on them. So now everybody thinks they're a fucking amateur photographer and they're thinking they can just go out there and take a picture. But you know what photographers have to do? You have to get consent. You can't just go out there and tweet and p- p- pictures of people. People do this shit at the fucking... Uh, like I saw some people do, uh, uh, I think, an article about somebody got kicked out of a gym because they were doing that shit. Yeah, dog. No. Can't do it. Yeah, you, you, you can't do that. And again, like, what, who was the woman harming, right? Like, what, what harm was actually being done? Was she dropping her food everywhere? Was she making a mess? No, she was enjoying a meal. And for whatever reason, that offended your sensibilities to the point where you felt that you needed to tell the world. And instead of being like, hey, I fucked up. And, you know, the the when everyone's telling you, hey, fuck you, you know, naturally you're going to want to double down and be like, what, what, what do you mean, fuck me? No, no, you're being unreasonable, right? Like, that, that is a natural response. It's also worth some introspection be like okay why is this happening right like what what is there's a lot of just mob mentality but there's also some valid there's some valid there's some validity to what they're saying so let's do some introspection let's find out where i fucked up at and just own up to it because you probably still got your book published if you didn't double down Mm -hmm. right like you you probably still got your book out what made it untenable for the publisher was when you doubled down and then the the party happened right like as, as Rob from the black guy who tips says everyone's like okay cool this person did something racist we're gonna party off that person being racist we're gonna take him down we're gonna it, dunk on him we're gonna do all it is here come the jokes and, and to be honest you probably wouldn't even got that far if you hadn't one taken the picture and then two you added you know the metro authority if you hadn't done those two things and just said it it wouldn't have never taken off. But because you did it that way, and you, like, you're, this is the thing that kills me, right? This woman's over here complaining about the you know, cancel culture and how her career got canceled, stuff like that. But, like, what if, what if, what if Metro had fired that employee? You were doing that. You wanted that employee disciplined. You added her job. You took her picture. You did all that. You were trying to do that yourself. And now you're over here complaining about cancel culture, but like you got canceled, quote unquote, for trying to do the same thing. You were trying to do that to somebody else. Online shaming has been around since the dawn of social media, but cancel culture or call out culture has been has as some of branded entered a new league in the last few years. There's always been social rejection ostracism, but uh cancel culture has really taken it to the next level. Uh, in terms of a widespread information can uh, how widespread the information can be said doctor uh, said, uh author and psychologist doctor uh gene twinge told uh gma turned off as a form of internet justice but uh, not against products but also uh, outdated morals and values but can involve people being quick to judge or even considered bullying but again what you just described there describe what this woman did this woman was quick to judge and she was basically bullying this worker She's not the example here. Online culture often doesn't leave, leave room for nuance. You mean the nuance of not taking somebody's picture without their consent and then trying to add their job and get them fired for it? You mean that nuance? People quickly unleash mobs of online attacks on people who they feel did wrong and cancel them sometimes without having all the content taking the time to discover the full story. What's the full story here? What's the full story? What am I missing? These cases of social rejection can be extreme and thus more harmful, uh, explained the professor. 
Um, even Professor uh, Barack Obama just spoke out of the dangers of social media uh, phenomena. Um, yeah, it's sometimes, yeah, but in this case, no. In this case, actions have consequences. You took an action, and this was the consequence of your action. It, was it disproportionate? All right, maybe, but there was also the option of minding your business. It's been over. It's, it's been over six months since uh, time to online incident, but she's still just dealing with the real life fallout it caused her and her family. I was called every racial slur you could think of: a terrorist, an airplane bomber, Hamas, Hezbollah. Go back to your country," it said Times, who had lived in the U.S. for more than 14, 14 years. Times says she received death threats and returned to Jordan twice out of fear of her safety. Stephen sued her publisher for thirteen million for a brief contract and extreme emotional stress, but had to drop it after she couldn't afford the legal fees. So basically, what happened is you, you, you fucked up and did something. Then you try to sue your sue the publisher who dropped you for even more money than your fucking your book was not going to be worth no thirteen million dollars. Uh huh. Okay. I've had a career for twenty years, and now when you Google me, that's the first thing that comes up. Time story is not unique, and neither are the emotional ramifications she's had to deal with the fallout. It happened to also to artist uh, Mary Purdy in March two thousand nineteen when she was accused of plagiarism of a piece of artwork she had commissioned to do by a brand. The claim was later proven to be false. Now that sounds like something that should be, you know, looked into, right? That's a case, that's more of a case than the other woman. When you're getting accused of something and you di- it didn't happen, and then everybody rallies around you to accuse you, that makes you a victim. You're not a victim when you go out there and you try to bully and get somebody else fired and it backfires. That's not, no. These aren't the same thing. It's not the same thing. You know? Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's anything else on this other woman. But, um, yeah, no, listen. <sighs> cancel culture isn't real. It's not. This is not being canceled. And, and the reason why it's not real is because people kind of misuse what it is. Um, none of these people are, are canceled. You know, this woman did something that was wrong and her, her her publisher decided not to publish her book. That's not being canceled. That's called consequences. You know? And I understand people are like, they don't like the pylons and stuff like that, but sometimes people deserve to be piled on. You know? If you go out, if you're bold enough to go out there and, and do something so heinous and wrong and say something like that. Again, if you didn't want to be piled on, why would you take that woman's picture? But why so was, you, why, what happened to you is what you subjected that woman to. Mm-hmm. But you're, because it happened to you, it's a bad thing. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Right? That's, that's what I'm like. This all could have been avoided by just minding your business. Mind your fucking business. Mind your fucking business. And also, you've been canceled. Guess what? If the book was as fire as you think it is, <laughs> right? Like, if that book is as fire as you think it is, someone else will get you to write another one because no one is ever really canceled. You know how I know no one is ever really canceled? Dipping into UD Pod waters a little bit. The New Orleans Saints offered Antonio Brown a tryout. That's how I know no one is ever really canceled. Jesus Christ. Did they? 
Oh, oh, we didn't hear about this? No, before, I didn't. I want to say before the regular season ended, the New Orleans Saints extended a workout invitation to Antonio Brown. Oh, oh, so it was it was it was, it was before the bag of dicks, uh, uh, gummy dicks uh, situation. I think this was right before that. Okay. But it was after he admitted to sexually assaulting a woman, admitted to assaulting a woman, threatened to assault another woman. Like, all of that had happened, right? Oh, oh yeah, but they don't care about that. They don't care about that. They still said, we'll give him a chance. Um, what fucked it up for him, though, is the, the Saints said, don't bring an entourage, and Antonio Brown brought an entourage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, no, no one is canceled. No one. You know how I know no one is canceled? Harvey Weinstein showed up at a comedy club, and when mm-hmm. a woman pointed it out, and mocked him for it. She was booed. She was. They Harvey were kicked out. Fucking Weinstein. Yo, no, not just booed. They were kicked out. One of the one of the. Uh, uh, and I'm sorry. One of them was a woman, and I think one was someone was uh, someone was uh, non-binary, and, and and they were kicked out too. So they kicked out two people that 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 heckled and, and booed Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's canceled. Sorry, no. If you yeah, were canceled, like no, you just didn't. You no just, one is canceled. If you were the, the quote unquote culture yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. If you were quote unquote canceled, that just means you you you, you didn't have as much privilege as you thought you did. <laughs> That's all that means. <laughs> you realize you re, like this woman quickly realizes like, see, you're not American. You're Jordanian. You you can't get away with that shit, right? And even then, I I didn't see anything about her job, um, her being fired from her job. So. You didn't lose your job. You just lost your book. Which, like as you said, if it was... Yeah, and guess what? If you're as good as you think you are, someone will get you to write another one because no one has yeah. ever really canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, when people rail against cancel culture, for the most part, what they're saying is there are now consequences for my actions which previously did not have consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I'm Kevin Hart. I can't make the joke about beating the gay out of my son anymore. I have to be held accountable to that. Yeah. Yeah. What a shame. What a shame. Right. Like I'm 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 Louis C.K. I can't just whip my dick out in the writer's room and people laugh. I have to be held accountable for that now. And then I get to do a, a special with Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and Ricky Gervais, and everyone just forgets about it because no one's ever really canceled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, like when, when, when people cancel you, that is an individual trying to reclaim a small semblance of power for themselves to say, I will not support you because I know the world at large is still going to have your back. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Speaking of uh, people that... Uh... <laughs> so remember when... Um... Remember when uh, Bill Cosby... Uh... First got into the the other the, the newer uh, uh, legal trouble that eventually landed him in jail, and remember when he got a uh, a black woman as his lawyer. Remember that when she first started off, it was um, Monique Presley. Oh gosh, yes, I remember. This. Yeah, Monique Presley, right? And um, a lot of the hotels were like, "Oh, see, he couldn't have done this. He has a black woman. Like this this black woman is going to stand up against you know uh, what happened to Bill Cobb." She could, and she eventually, uh, they eventually changed lawyers on her, but I uh, found this out. Um, Bill Cosby, former lawyer Monique Presley, suspended indefinitely after allegedly misusing client funds. 
Monique Presley was an was an extremely memorable figure in Bill Cosby's defense team. She was stylish, intelligent, quick-witted, and silver-tongued. She was known for going head-to-head with reporters who even questioned Bill uh, Cosby's innocence. But in uh, August of 2016, Presley stepped down from the case or was fired. The reports differ, and Presley, one of Cosby's latest, loudest and strongest defenders, never released a statement about her departure. Since then, we haven't heard much from Presley's name. There's reports that she was going to join R. Kelly's legal team, which <laughs> that would have not been surprising. Uh, but that never came to pass. Now she's back in the news. Instead of being associated with another high-profile client, this time it's Presley's conduct that's in question. Uh, Presley has been suspended from the bar indefinitely for allegedly misusing her client's money. Presley's former client claimed that she had demanded a payment up front before any legal work had been completed. Instead of depositing funds into an escrow account like she had told them she would, uh, Presley applied the money to her personal accounts or to her husband's business accounts. The suspense was enacted in 2019 of August after an investigation from a disciplinary council found clear and convicting evidence of her misuse of funds. The council recommended that she be disbarred. Huh. Life comes at you fast, man. Life comes at you fast. Man, I just remember all of them hotels telling me that this this brilliant, brilliant black woman, she's gonna she's gonna roll through and get Bill Cosby off because they're trying to he was trying to buy NBC. I go, well, I guess he was trying to buy CW then, right? Huh. I guess she was. Mm. Mm. She's trying, um, trying to buy, buy tra- BT. But, but before we transition off of that, CW, yo, they need to build a statue of Berlanti in front of their office. Oh, just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ber- just. Yeah. Berlanti's God. Yeah, yeah. You just. <laughs> yeah, you owe him a lot. Uh, f- DC, he needs to have a statue in front of WB in DC, too. Yo, if they if they use that to fix their movie, anyways. Right. Like, good luck. <laughs> good luck. But uh, he's such a great job. Um, speaking of, uh, I wasn't going to say this. Uh, I did want to point out uh, real quick that uh, Pastor what, John Gray, uh, his church is going to foreclosure. And didn't he buy his wife that, like, Lamborghini or something like that? Huh. Interesting. Huh. Just interesting. Just, you know, I just, you know, not reading too much into it, you know, because, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but it just seems like huh, he bought his wife and made a big deal about how they, they you know, they'd have a lot of stuff in their own time and they'd make all the, hmm, but it's, uh, yeah, they're like going to foreclosure with one of his buildings. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, um, so I found out something today that I, I didn't know. I always thought it was just another one of those Trump things that people mention, but they don't actually really do anything. Um, so Space Force became really became a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I, like, I, it's just one of those things that I remember when, I, I remember when Trump mentioned it and I was just like, we all made our jokes and everything like that. And I saw it come out recently, but I didn't know it was because they actually voted and they actually voted to actually, like, I guess, fund it and make it an official branch of the military. And so, and to remove it from its own independent branch of the military and remove it from under the Air Force. Like, Trump's presidency is a prime example of what happens when you have an uninformed, unqualified white man who can get everybody on their, onto their ideas, no matter how dumb they are. Because, what the fuck? This is the dumbest idea. Did you see the, did you see the uniform? You see the uniform? Camouflage in space. Is that real? Like, is is that a real picture? First of all, I hope it's not. Because it, my it's, God, it's, it, it, it came from. And this is how I knew it was real. They have an official Space Force Twitter account. 
it's got a blue check and everything. It's real. It. It's real. It's real. It's a jungle. It's a desert camo. I'm like, but it's space. Why do you have? Why didn't? What are we? Couldn't even just go blue. I mean, even blue. I would. I would have gone with the blue. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? What are we doing? And what are we doing? Why are we doing this? I don't. Why? Why is? Why is Space Force a thing? And two. If your Space Force uniforms don't look like Star Trek onesies, do you even have a Space Force? I mean, come on. Look, you you have the Star Trek onesie or the Stormtrooper outfit, right? We all clown Stormtroopers, but I mean, and, 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 and at this point, at this point, it would fit so well under the Trump administration to make them Stormtroopers. So on brand as fuck. What are we doing? It's just so funny to me because you know Republicans are always about you know you know smaller government, and you just here created a whole new branch of government that's gonna. God damn it! God damn it! Well, what they mean is smaller government for you, for you n words, for you negroes, for you nagers. God damn it, man! I just I read the um I don't know if you saw it, the Washington Post article that was um about how when it was Mattis Tillerson and I can't remember who else was, and they were in the tank uh, at the I think it's at the um pentagon and they were trying to uh they had this they were they had the strategy for trying to inform trump about you know because trump you know he doesn't read he doesn't understand anything they had this they would set up this meeting to try to get him to kind of make it like almost like an educational briefing to brief him on this and it just went downhill from there because trump doesn't you know he doesn't listen he he thinks his own things and at one point like trump has said a couple times that he kept making it seem like soldiers were soldiers of fortune. It's like I don't. Why can't we make money off of this? You have a president. He, he said this during the campaign that he would rent out the U.S. military like a mercenary band. Like, why is anyone shocked? He said he was going to do this. You know the thing that gets me about it though is it's like it, it adds it adds a level of nuance and to what we say and, and when. Now I admit this, even on the left, we, we tend to sometimes oversimplify things. And I get it because things are, life is way more complicated than anybody makes it. And so, what do we say, well, you know, you know, you give it, well, he's not wrong. I mean, we do it now. You know, the, you know, the contractor come in, they, all these people make all this money and do all this stuff. I'm like, there's nuance to that though, right? Trump is basically saying that we should send these troops in there and literally not off through contracts, not through some of these things that you at least put some work in to hide them, right? He's literally on some rent them out like they're soldiers of fortune type shit and that you can use to make a profit off of it. Like he's literally like, say what you want about these wars and things that people do. You can sit there and say that people behind the scenes are trying to get that, like the companies are chomping at the bit, like the Lockheed Martins and the defense contractors chomping at the bit to make some money and stuff like that. I get that. But it's never to the point of you have a president in there making decisions to literally go, I'm going to go in there so we can make money, right? Like, say what you want about George W. Bush. You know, you can say that Dick Cheney might have had a little bit of that, but even Dick Cheney wasn't, like, going to come out and just say, we're going to go to war in Iraq just so we can make money. Trump says that shit. And And here's here's the other thing. If you're saying, oh, we do it anyways, yes, and it's bad. Why do you want to continue doing the bad thing? It's bad, and it's hidden, even though we see it. 
and, and and it forces people to have to have to answer certain questions. Once you start getting a, uh, the commander in chief saying this stuff, and nobody in the room but Tillerson eventually says anything, that's the that's bad. That is super bad, and that's what we're getting down to. It's like you're kind of rem- people kind of. People keep downplaying how much it is, how how terrible it is that norms are getting thrown out under the Trump administration. But it's bad. Like undoing some of this stuff, it's going to take a lot of time. It's, undoing this stuff is going to take almost a full two-term presidency itself. No, it's going to take a generation to undo some of this because most of the damage that's being done, all the judgeships, oh, the oh, two yeah. Supreme well, Court appointees, oh, or appre- or appointees. Oh, I'm looking at those. That, that's not even going to get undone. We're gonna live with that. Like I, I wasn't even counting that kind of stuff because that damage is done. That's irreversible almost. You know, I'm looking at more along the lines of some of the short term stuff. You know, maybe getting rid of the space force again. But even then, once you once you put something in there like like space force, it doesn't go away. We know this because hi ice, DHS. <laughs> you know, I don't care what the I don't care what. Uh, the Democratic candidate say about abolishing ICE, it's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. I'll tell you why it's not. Because then all of a sudden, then somebody on the right or even some people on the left are going to sit there and make it about jobs and say, now you're getting rid of all those jobs there. Watch. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It, it is. And I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying... You need to be prepared. I don't think people are prepared for the fight to get some of this stuff done. I like Elizabeth Warren. I like her plans. But, like, what's the plan for not getting any of those plans done? What's the plan for Mitch McConnell? Like, everyone needs to have a Mitch McConnell contingency plan. Mitch McConnell, what's the plan when you don't have 60 votes in, 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 uh, in the Senate? You know? What's the, plan for, what's the plan for when you do have 60 votes? But because of Republican obstructionism, you can't get to the floor. Mm-hmm. What's the plan for when they sue you for these changes and it goes up to the Supreme Court? That's a, that's another big one too. People forget that happened with Obamacare. Like when I so right? when I hear so when I hear people talk about healthcare, Medicare for all, and we're we're are over here arguing about the details about that kind of shit, and oh, well, that's not true. Universal. I'm just like y'all are y'all are skipping the first hurdle. Like, well, the first hurdle is just getting getting agreement on what, what kind of plan you want to go forward and getting that passed in, con- in Congress. Then you got the Supreme Court because whoever loses that on the Republican side, those states are then going to do what they did with Obamacare and they're going to sue like they did Obamacare. And if you're you're lucky, you'll get most of it still intact. But remember, the Supreme Court is what gutted Obamacare which which hurt some of those prices coming down even further. Republicans sabotaged that shit by using the Supreme Court. They now own the Supreme Court for life until somebody dies. You know, and they got a y- lot of younger Republicans in there right now, so they're going to be there for a while. So what do you do for that? You know, I don't know. It it it's. It's why I just haven't really been paying attention. I don't care. 
at this point with the Democratic nominee. Just tell me who wins so I can vote for them. And hopefully they win. Hopefully they win. And then from there, we'll see what they're able to accomplish. Because I don't see how any of them get anything done. I don't. You know, um, we had the interesting thing this last couple of weeks with the Warren versus Sanders thing. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy, enjoy seeing uh, the video of uh, Warren confronting Sanders after the debate. I think he called me a liar on national TV. <laughs> Yo, um, okay. As in a past life. Um, <laughs> you know what the man gestures mean? <laughs> <laughs> We all know what you mean for like you call me a liar on national television. Like I, I reckon I recognize all the signs of when someone is ready for the fade. Bernie, you in trouble, son. <laughs> you step back. You in trouble. Like uh, can, so, so, so can, can we just talk briefly about the absurdity surrounding the defense of Bernie Sanders at this point? Oh no 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 no! That, that's that's definitely the segment. That's what I was going to bring up to next. Yeah, no, it's it's all of it's absurd. All of it's absurd. It started off as her staff is lying, then it's Warren herself is lying, then it's oh it's just out of context. Now it's well Bernie wants her as VP. I'm trying. I don't to, understand. <laughs> like I, I don't understand how any. What he said is indefensible, right? Even even if the context was a woman can't be president because America is sexist, what you're saying is we should acquiesce to the sexism. Right? The only way, like, if, if that is the context, cool, America is sexist, they'll never elect a woman president. Cool. So should she not try? Or should we acquiesce to American bigotry? I've seen people try to defend that. I've seen the people try to defend that shit. I'm just like, I hear I've seen people go. I mean, when you know, I said the same thing when Obama was winning. I didn't think a black guy could win. I'm like, you weren't running for fucking president, you fucking idiot. You weren't running for fucking president. And also, you one, you saying that a black guy can't be president. So did you want Barack to stop? Because the subtext to what Bernie said is a woman can't be president. You should let me do it. Mm Hmm. Right? Even when a black guy can't be president, the subtext when Obama was running is he should get out because if he wins the nomination, he'll lose because America's not ready for a black president. That's the subtext. There is no plausible defense for what Bernie said. There's just none. And this is coming after we found out that because there's this whole deal with his staffers were going around and they had the, the, the set of talking points against Elizabeth Warren saying that she only polls well with affluent, high-educated Democrats, whatever. And Bernie was like, oh, no, that, those are rogue staffers. I didn't have those talking points. And then Politico got a hold of the script and like, no, this came from your staff. We got a copy of it. Well, you know, this is fake news. It's all out of context. I'm like, yo. But, but that's the thing that bothers me, right? It's like Anytime there's something negative about Bernie, it's as a lie, it's a distraction, stuff like that, and, and then or or everybody else is lying, and then when you're faced with facts, it's like, well, it was out of context. I'm like, at what point? And and this is the thing that gets me right, and, and this is why I said I don't care who wins. If Bernie fucking wins, still a long shot to me. Let's say he wins. Congratulations to you guys who are voting for him. 
I'll vote for him in the, I'm going to vote for him against Trump. Like I'm not a never, never Bernie. I'm sorry. I'm never going to be that guy. <laughs> like whoever wins against whoever, whoever wins the nomination gets my vote against Trump. That's just what it's going to have to be. But like, how do you expect me to, that, how do you have me to believe that you're going to hold Bernie accountable for anything? If on, when you fail at these little things right here, because this is what this is. This is a failure, right? It's a failure to hold him accountable for the most basic of shit. Like he's lying about things that don't make sense. Well, I didn't, you know, there's two things to come up with that, that, that talking point thing, right? Either one, he's knew about it and, and he lied about it. Or two, Bernie, like Trump is such a terrible leader. He has no idea what his staff are doing. Both of those are bad. But here's the thing that's even worse. Here's the third thing that makes it worse is, nigga, you have to lie about that shit. Of course you got talking points against Warren. She's probably your toughest competition in this fucking race next to next to Biden. Of course you're of course you're you're gonna give your um your uh your staff talking points against uh, Elizabeth Warren. No shit. That's smart. What what I hate is Bernie doesn't want to say that though and look like that because that makes him no better than every other fucking politician and he's trying to run on this whole thing of I'm above politics. But if you believe that, you're dumb. Bro, you've been in the Senate for 30. You've been in the Senate longer than I've been alive. He's a politician. He's been in politics longer than most of his core base has been alive. But he's not a politician. He knows what he's fucking doing. So, of course, his staff did that. Here's the thing. Of course, he told. Of course, he had that conversation with a little more. And I do believe it was probably on some. Well, you know, the way the sexism is and. You know, I don't believe a woman can win. And he's, you know why he's saying that to Elizabeth Warren? Because he doesn't want her to win because they're going to siphon each other's votes, voters off. That's why he said it to her. Because he knows that, that's just, that, that, that they split the vote amongst each other a little bit. What he said was stupid. But he said it. And what kills me when I see people go, well, this is a distraction. He's trying to separate us. Well, they're making us... Um, talk about uh seem like there's an issue between warren and sanders doing blah 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 i'm like bernie sanders spends all his fucking time he spent all of his time in 2016 shitting on hillary clinton he spends all his time shitting on the democratic establishment which by the way just want to remind people the democratic establishment when i hear that you know what i think of black people black people are the base of the democratic party when you shit on the establishment democrats you are shitting on black people you need to understand that, all right? Um, like, you don't get to sit there and, and complain when people start using, taking the gloves off when dealing with Bernie, when Bernie takes the gloves off and deals with everybody else the same way. You don't get to do that. Like, the defense is so stupid. It's so stupid. And like, Just be honest and say, I like Bernie, and there's nothing that's going to change my mind for voting for him. Just admit that. I'm also like, listen, I really hate the idea that Bernie Sanders is any more than a, anything more than a 70 plus year old white man, white male politician. He is. So when I hear things that he's done and say things like, you know, the, uh, uh about a woman, uh, a woman can't win and stuff like that. Guys, what does that sound like? It sounds like something a 70 year old white guy would say. Like the, the the notion that this he would never say that you never heard a seventy year old white guy say something 
passively bigoted. You've never heard Bernie Sanders say crazy, stupid things about race. You've never heard Bernie Sanders say something like that. You've never heard Bernie, you know, uh, 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 really? You, you, you haven't? You haven't, you, you haven't heard Bernie Sanders railing against um, uh, identity politics and that kind of bullshit? Why do you think there's a reason why some, some Trump voters like Bernie? I'm not saying Bernie himself is bigoted or racist or anything like that. I'm saying that some of his ideals play very well to that other group. Same way that here, here's Bernie Sanders talking to, I think this is talking to, uh, I think it was this when he was doing the New York Times uh, interview because they're going to be doing their uh, announcement for who they're endorsing, I think, was it Monday? Oh, tomorrow. Here, here's him talking about this. Let me just play this. That Trump has touched a chord in 40 to 44% of the people. What about that issue? It's like Trump is a symptom of a widespread problem. Yes. So, I mean, how do you address that? What is the issue? How did Trump become president? Not everybody, but tens and tens of millions of Americans feel that the political establishment, Republican and Democrat, have failed them. Maybe the New York Times has failed them too. That, that explains the appeal of racism? Yeah. People are, in many cases in this country, working longer hours for low wages. You I implore everybody to watch, watch, find this video because there are black people at this table, at this editorial board, when they when he's saying this shit and you can hear them screaming internally <laughs> as he's saying this shit it is hilarious to watch you are aware of the fact that an unprecedented way life expectancy is actually going down in america because of diseases of despair people have lost hope and they are drinking they're doing drugs they're committing suicide and when that condition arises whether it was the 1930s in germany then people are susceptible to the blame game to say that it is the undocumented people in this country who are the cause of all of our problems. And if we just throw 10 million people out of the country, you're gonna have a good job, and you're gonna have good health care, and you have good education, that's all we gotta do. So all over the world, Trump didn't invent demagoguery. It's an age-old weapon, and you take a minority, and you demonize that minority, and you blame that minority, and you take the despair and the anger and the frustration that people are feeling, and you say, that's the cause of your problem. All right. I totally get why people listen to Bernie and go, yeah, he makes sense. Some of what he said, nothing he said right there is necessarily wrong. It's the context in which he said it. Oh, because, no, I'm, I'll, I'll go a step further. I'm going to say it's wrong. Well, no, overall, uh -huh. it is, right? Because him saying that, you know, people... People will blame minorities when they're in despair. That's true. But that doesn't explain the racism is already there. It's right. not like, new. Uh, it's not like his, like, it's, it's always been the problem with Bernie is that he makes it seem like once, because the, the implication is once we get to an economic boom, all that shit goes away. And I'm like, Bernie, history says you're not telling the truth there. Historically, right. that's not true. And it has never been true. Never been true, right? So, so the the and this this is a this is a favorite trope of white liberals who don't want to acknowledge that racism is real, right? Oh, it's class warfare, right? It's all about the economy. If the economy was better, then these people wouldn't be racist because they have to have this belief that these people aren't inherently bad people. 
right? They're just desperate because of the economy. If I fix that, they won't be bad anymore. Wrong. They're bad people. It just is what it is, right? If if the economy can make you blame a black person for existing, you blame a black person for existing. It's not because of the economy. It's because that's something that you've already felt in your heart. Well, it's right. It's, a, it's something that that, that 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 you've already had that belief. It's that the, if it wasn't for these n words, and then when the economy is good, well, the economy is good because we because we're making sure that these n words aren't siphoning our economic uh, prosperity. It's the it's the reason why I get so mad when people don't look deeper into why some people that voted for Obama turn around and voted for Trump. Like the reason why that happened is you're right. Bernie's right in the sense that, yeah, 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 you'll get a temporary boon from those people. Those people might come over to your side and agree with you on the economy thing, but they're going to go, as soon as they got a, an ounce of being a little bit better, they're then going to turn around and go, but why are those black people on the same level as I am? Why are the women here? Why are the, why are the minority, why are these undocumented workers here? They're taking, that, that happens. Like, you, you can't ignore that. It's a temporary thing. You get you get temporary allies because everybody's like, oh yeah, we're all in the we're all in this shit together and we're all getting done. But the minute that they get a little bit of step up, it's fuck them niggers. And we've yeah, seen man, that. Like that. We've seen that. So it's like I don't want to like and, and the thing about the thing comes about Bernie is, dude, you know this yourself. You sh- you've been in you've been in Congress for thirty plus years. You know that. You have lived through this, sir. You have seen this. You have been through the the boon the, the economic boons for, for, for the middle class. You've seen that. You've seen when we have examples of when like fuck the GI Bill. The GI Bill and all these things that helped middle class white people, low income white people, but didn't help black people. You not, know this. not only didn't help black people, explicitly excluded black people. You know this. So right, like you've lived through redlining. You've lived through all of these things. You know that racism and white supremacy is not a symptom of the economy. And, and I've the seen people try white supremacy is the white supremacy. Like that's the problem. And I keep seeing the white supremacy try... isn't the symptom. That's the problem. And I keep seeing people trying to defend him on this, and I'm like, but like, oh, you didn't get the whole thing. What he was saying, he was specifically asked by a black man. Cause it was a black man who asked him that explains the racism. And Bernie's answer was yes. And I'm like, no, it does not. <laughs> it might explain. You might be able to say that explains people uh, 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 voting for Trump a little bit. It doesn't explain their racism, which is behind the reason why they were able to vote for there. It's a difference. Those people are still gonna, if those people turn around and they vote for Bernie this time. It does not make them not racist. They're still racist. And the minute they, they start seeing that, because what did you hear a lot of people say about Obama? It was like, well, it was fine with him, but he was already giving all these other groups, you know, his attention and money. And he wasn't really doing that anyway. But it was a perception he was. The minute that Bernie, try, that people start thinking that Bernie thinks that he's going to be giving black people or people of color or somebody else, you know, a leg up. First of all, this idea that I don't even think Bernie believes that in the first place. But let's say he did, they're going to abandon him. But that also comes as a flaw of Bernie's ideas of Bernie doesn't put out ideas that believes that he doesn't believe in identity politics. He doesn't believe the idea that, you know, uh, black people might need that leg up over over white people like that. 
He believes in that rising, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. And I'm like, mm, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, a bad economy makes it easier to make minorities a bad, a bad guys, but minorities have to already be the bad guys for you to do that. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Those feelings have to already be there. You know, he mentioned 1930s uh, 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 Germany. Then people were already anti-Semitic. Uh, they already had they already had anti-Semitic feelings about Jews. They didn't come out overnight. It wasn't like tomorrow. You know, today is good. Tomorrow the economy is bad. So fucking hate Jews now. That's not where it came from. A better economy makes it easier for people to say it makes. A better economy makes people makes the soft bigotry easier to swallow. It makes people go. It, it's it's uh, the issue of um, uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, where the people where Hydra taken over. And people were like, "Yeah, you know, they're Hydra, but you know, I have a job now." So, uh, okay. I mean, is it is that is it really so bad? Is this Hydra thing really that bad? Right. I got a job now. The trains are running on time. You know, so like that, that doesn't solve the racism. That doesn't solve the white supremacy. It's a bad answer. And if you saw the look of the faces of people at that, like, I will be shocked if they, if they, if they, after that, if taking their faces of horror, they nominate Bernie Sanders, I will be shocked for one. <clears throat> well, they're going to nominate Joe Biden and his views aren't that much different than Bernie's. Well, no, no. And, that, and that's the thing that kills me, right? It's like. People, people will go in on Joe Biden and stuff, and I'm like, Bernie isn't saying anything that much different, though. He's not. The candidates that were saying something different are no longer there anymore. Hi, Castro. You know? Castro, Kamala. Right. Like. You know? You know, Warren, out of all of them, is probably the best. And even she has her issues. Right? Right. So it's like, what are we doing here, man? Come on. It's just, it just, it just, it annoys me at, at a, at, to no end because out of all the candidates running, Joe, B that, that ran, Joe Biden and, and, and Bernie Sanders are the two that I feel like, well, even with Joe Biden, Joe Biden's not really running a can campaign. He's running a, he liked Obama, didn't you? Well, I'm Obama 2.0, just white. He's running that campaign. And Bernie Sanders running the same campaign he ran in 2016. And I know some people are like, good, he should. He shouldn't change anything. And I'm like, no, he had a lot of critics that were black and people of color who said that you need to change some things. And the fact that he's not changed any of that is a fucking problem. He's running the same campaign that made him ignore, literally ignore black states. Yeah, this is going to work out well. I'm just saying, if he wins... Where is the indication that he'll be able to service black people and people of color the way that we need to be serviced by the president of the United States? Oh, they've already got the defense for that. Well, you know, it's just going to take time. We've got other more important things to focus on now. You know, that Trump messed up so much. We got we got to clean up all this first. And then, you know, then we'll start addressing you niggers needs. That'll be that'll be interesting. Okay. Yeah.
Like, no, I, I already see the defenses. Anytime Bernie does something wrong, well, you know, the, the Republicans in the Senate were never going to agree to this anyways. No, but Bernie was supposed to be the revolutionary to get things done. Yo, well, you know, he's only the president. The president doesn't have this unlimited green-lantern power. The, the, the best thing that can happen for Bernie Sanders if he was to win the presidency is if Republicans keep the Senate. I mean, they're gonna. Right. I'm just saying. I, I can do math. They're gonna keep the Senate. I'm just saying, because then you'll have somebody to blame. Because you don't want to see what happens when you realize that Bernie Sanders hasn't built any kind of relationship with the Democratic Party. With him trying to get something pulled to the Senate, he's not going to be able to. Not going to want to see that. Not going to want to see that. Um, I, just want, I just want I just want November to get here. That's all I yeah, want. That's all I want. I want Let me November. cast my vote and be done with it. Yeah, I, I, I just want. I, I'm, I'm tired of this. Speaking of being tired, and we're still talking about uh, the policies. Let's get some. Uh, this should be hit for this one. But we're going to hit it for this one. We got some great moments in white privilege, and I probably could have hit it for the end of that that Bernie one, but I feel like this one even is even better. Uh, Michael Bloomberg claims that stop and frisk was meant to help black people, not harm them. Of course it was, Michael. Of course it was. Former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg found himself in the hot seat this week when he conversated about his 2020 presidential run. And is it really a 2020 presidential run? Like, where is he polling at right now? Is he like 2% in the polls? Like, I, no, think Scott, I don't know Stein, where he's polling at. I just know every time I try to turn on a sports center or something, he's got a commercial up. See, I, I, I get all the Steyer ones. I get all the Steyer commercials. Uh, I, don't get, I don't get Bloomberg. I get Steyer all the fucking time. Um, uh, it suddenly turned into a point of conversation over the NYPD's conference uh, stop and first policy. Uh, on Wednesday, while appearing on ABC's The View, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Sonny Huston uh, uh, said, uh, uh, took the policy into task about the policy she noted uh, caused 700, a 700% increase in police stops that disproportionately targeted black and Latino men, 90% of whom are innocent. A judge ruled in 2013 that the, that the policy was not, was, not un, uh, was not unconstitutional, but was apply, applied in a way that towards... Uh, was applied in a way towards people of color that was. You're throwing the needle on that one, aren't we? Um, we're talking about we're talking about 14 stops out of a out of 10,000 only produce a gun. Uh, many questions. Uh, Sunday continued. Many question the the authentic, authenticity of the policy. Mayor Bloomberg must have included only because in January of that year you stood up for a stop and frisk. So what happened between January and November that caused this change of heart? Because it sounds like a political move to me. In response to that one, uh, one that stunned some viewers, Bloomberg claimed that at a time. At the time, he believed the top of first would actually help black and brown people in his community instead of being used as a tactic to disproportionately target them. When I got elected, I took a I took a look. There were 650 murders a year in New York City. Most of them were young minority men. He explained, and I said, "We have to stop this. That's where my heart is. That's what I wanted to do." And I would virtually do anything I could, anything the professionals gave me some advice to do. But during that period, and looking back, it it certainly got out of hand. <laughs> got out of hand. The, the bottom line is when I saw that we had gone way overboard, I stopped it. No, you didn't. And by that time, I had left office. Wait, so how did, but how did you stop it if you left office? How did you stop it while simultaneously leaving office? Explain oh, no, no. America. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I read that wrong. Uh, I went overboard and I stopped it. He didn't stop it, though. And by the time I left office, we had cut 95% of it out. So you didn't stop it because if you cut 95% of it out, there's a 5% left. Anyway, uh, then I apologize when, I, when enough people said to me that I was wrong and I wish I had done it earlier. I just I just didn't. So you apologize and you go on. All right. 
couple things on this one. First of all, when he says that he took the advice the professionals gave you, we're talking about the professional cops because everybody else, all the data scientists, all the activists, everyone else of value said that stop and frisk was stupid and was racist and you didn't listen to any of them. So what professionals did you listen to? One, right? Two, um, dude, just get the fuck out of the race. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Like, this, this is Michael Bloomberg's vanity project. Bruh, what are you doing? Why, why are you here? What are you doing? Like, this is, get out of the race, put your money behind some candidate at this point. As long as it's not Tulsi, I don't give a fuck. And do that. This thing you're doing right now, it's a waste of everybody. It's not even a waste of, I don't give a fuck about you wasting your money. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm tired of you wasting my fucking time. All right. I can't get my time. Wasting your time. Yeah. I you I can't get my time back. If you want to waste your fucking money, waste your fucking money. Put it behind Andrew Yang as far as I'm concerned. All right. Oh God. So that's a terrifying prospect. God damn it, man. Don't get me started. All right. Um you can vote with blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about this last time we you were on too. The blockchain. I think we, did. we did. Oh god it's damn it, man. Stupid. God fucking fucking idiot man just i'm i'm just i'm i am i'm legitimately terrified that he's gonna get start getting actual support who yang like yes like that that thought terrifies me so here's the thought that terrifies me right because again i think we mentioned this last time you know states are proportional so right now when you look at look at iowa it looks like a three-way race right it's there's um Bernie, maybe in a four-way race. You got Bernie, Mayo, Pete, and yeah, I call him Mayo, uh, and Biden and Warren's around there somewhere as well, right? So that's a wash because of the way that the delegates are going to be allocated, right? So it's a wash until you get to the, the, the lower states. But if everybody stays in for a while and, and gets, you know, a certain number, uh, nobody's going to, where are the delegates going to go? The delegates are going to be split and you might actually get to a contested like a real contested like um, convention, not that shit people were saying was going to happen with Bernie and, and 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 Hillary because there was no contest contest. She had she had hit the number, right? She had the number. She needed the uh, the super delegates at that point, but just just counting the super delegates from the state she won, she hit the number, right? So, what's going to happen? I don't I, I I believe there's a really good chance that none of them hit the magic number they need and it's going to have to go especially if everybody stays in, in in the race what happens then Oh that's a nightmare because the people remaining can afford to stay in like Yank what's Yank going to do Yank got plenty of money there's nothing to him That's what I'm saying you know everybody's making everybody everybody's raising strong enough money you know so I mean, we'll see how because it's a long process. We got until we got until June. Voting starts what next week? Is the Iowa caucus next week or a couple weeks? That is a very good question. Sometimes I don't, I don't give a fuck about Iowa, so it shows you how much I care. Um, but this goes until June, so you got about four, 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 four and a half months of this, and we'll see. But I, yeah. And God forbid, like I said, Michael Bloomberg go, gets out of the race, and him and Steyer start putting their money behind somebody else. Oh God! 
it's scary. It's bad. All right. Like th- this, ho- this whole thing is broke. Like the whole how we fund campaigns, it is fundamentally broken. It is. It it absolutely is. Um, the way like I think fund- it's something that we we we've all we all collectively acknowledge, but we haven't actually sat down and and done a deep dive of yo, this is actively harmful to democracy. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and I was gonna do some do you have bro? I'm I'm gonna wrap it up here, but um, we'll finish on this. But yeah, no, it is and. How we there needs to be a fundamental change to how all of this works, right? It's the money is one thing, but also the order of the primary and the fact that the primary season starts too 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 soon. Like, you know, I know I've seen a lot of people say that, oh, they like a long primary and things like that. But here's the thing, a long primary does not do doesn't do newer candidates well, it doesn't do non non white candidates well. You know, Kamala Harris you know, is a strong candidate and it just that that I mean she was she you would think she was a front runner the way that she got all that heat early early last year, middle of last year. Uh well over you know, a that, year there was a coordinated effort to get her out of the paint. Before our first vote was even cast. So now we're in here and as far as I'm concerned, we have a much weaker field. So yeah, we started off with all these candidates, but who's left now? Because Cory Booker just got out as well, right? And to me, like Cory Booker should still be in, and Mayo Pete should be out because if you're gonna have a corny dude, you know, if you're gonna have a corny dude, a corny young dude, it should be Cory Booker, right? Yo, how salty was he when Mayo Pete got in the rest? Like, yo, yo, you're you're infringing on my brand, and you're right. white. You can do it better than me, right? I'm supposed to be the safe corny guy. What is happening here? I would have right. danced the Fallout Boy and uh, Panic at the Disco. Right. You got you, you got somebody like uh, Julian Castro who should be in Kamala Harris. Like all these all these people should still be in the race at this point. And and because they're the the and then and then if you try to get in later, like Deval Patrick, it's too late. So it's like there's no good space. For, for these candidates, you know, and and like I said, I'm not happy with the field that's left. You know, out of all of them, if I had to pick one, I'd say Elizabeth Warren, just because I also don't want Pete. Like, come on, the fuck, he's so unqualified. And we've seen, we've seen your. you you were the mayor. We've seen your record. Nah, I'm good on that. Actually. Shouldn't even be here. Shouldn't even fucking be here. And honestly, after Iowa, he's not going to be. All right, he has no leg to stand on anywhere else. All right, um, Biden. Biden is my Biden is. I, I was like, please don't run. Please don't run. Please fuck. He's running. God damn it. All right. That's where I am in with Biden. Because I like to remind everybody, um, Biden got ran out of the last the uh, the the uh, the 2008 uh, primary. I don't even think he made it to Iowa, all right? Because he wasn't good. And he's showing again, he's also not a good candidate now, but he's using Obama as cover, and a lot, and that's going to carry a lot of weight for him with some black voters and some of the base. So he's going he's gonna to probably be there for a while. Um, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren are pretty much kind of split their own kind of voters right there. I think I think if if either one of them was out of the race, they'd be given 
Biden a lot more of a, a run. And that means that if one of them gets out, you could possibly see those voters going to going to him. At the same time, Bernie's an old white guy too, and he's done a lot of things that I think burn some people. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you see like Well, I, I don't think, I don't know if the party has gotten over all right, let's let's do a little uh Let's revise history a little bit. Hillary, let's say Hillary Clinton wins in 2016. The Democrats are now in a better position to pick an actual, to like build successors, right? I know this isn't a royal family. You don't have handpicked successors. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes, you do. That's how political parties work, right? When people say it's your time, it's your time. Barack Obama was sort of the upstart that circumvented all of that, but once in a lifetime generational figure, right? the party hasn't gotten over Bernie Sanders essentially wrecking the dip. Like Hillary Clinton not winning in 2016 didn't just wreck Hillary Clinton. It wrecked the party because then the party was like, shit, we have not prepared for this life after Clinton. We just haven't. We've done no groundwork. And now we're in a space where we have to do this, but we don't have the infrastructure, the power or the luxury to do it because we're so busy combating all of the fires of the Trump administration. That is the other thing that I think I don't see Elizabeth Warren, I see it. Bernie, I uh Biden, I see it. I don't see Bernie building up any kind of party. And I don't want to say Democratic Party because you know how he feels about the Democratic Party. So that's already gonna be a problem for him right there. But I don't even see him building up his own whatever you want to call it. Like, I, like even like the Justice Democrats and them like that, they use him as a face, but it's more along, like, there is no organization there, right? And even then, their record is not as good as they seem. But they make a lot of noise when they win, but they got a lot of notable losses too, right? They're not, their, record, their, their record is no winning record. So my thing is, when it comes time to, and I know nobody likes to talk about this when we're in a Democratic race, when it comes to building those alliances and building and doing being a politician, how are you going to get any of that stuff done? Because that's what it takes. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly, honestly also don't know what Bernie Sanders um, foreign policy is. I have no idea what that is. It feels like a lot of, we shouldn't be doing that. All right, cool. But we are so, What's next? You can make a bunch of statements about how you're going to get rid of this, how we're not going to do this, how we're going to pull the troops out. But we saw how that worked with Obama. You still got to get you still got to get Congress approval. You still got to get funding for this kind of stuff. It might not work. Like it's different to be the old crotchety white guy on the outside and not have to worry about. Um, Building alliances and burning bridges. So I think when you're trying to be a leader. We'll see. Yeah, man. Like we'll see. I I I'm looking at people and I'm like, these things matter and okay. I I don't I don't care at this point. Any of them wins, I don't see a whole lot changing because I know how, you know people over People oversold themselves on what Barack Obama was going to be able to accomplish. And when they did, they got upset when he didn't accomplish those things, even though he never told them 
that he would without like extra help. I'm really I'm really interested in seeing what happens if and this goes same thing for Warren too. I'm really interested in seeing what happens with anybody to the left of Biden, right? And 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 how they're able to accomplish the things they say they're going to accomplish, because it's going to take at least two terms just to kind of stop the flow of things that Trump has set in motion to do before you can start getting to them, that road of what you want. Like when, what happens in the first, first, first 90 days, are we going to try to do the same thing that Obama did was get healthcare? Like, you, you know what, you, you know what that costs, right? To do that. And I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean physically. I mean, like, with votes and things like that, like you understand like how that went down. And it reminded me that a lot of people don't remember that because they were too young. They weren't really paying attention to that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just, I want people to understand everything has a cost. And are you prepared for the long haul? And I feel like people aren't. That's why I don't want to, I don't, I don't care about your plans. I don't care about these things really because it's like, that's all sounds great. That's why I stopped watching debates. I'm not, I'm not watching any of that shit because none of it fucking matters. Right. None of it fucking matters. Not not only does it not matter the way the debates are structured. It's not about informing the public. It's about good television. If I want to watch good television, I'll watch crisis on infinite earths. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So like it, it, this whole thing is broken, man. Like I said, all right. See you in November. See what happens. Like I'm just avoiding yeah. the whole thing. Like it's not. It's no longer fun to me. The debates aren't fun. Like, I'm not looking forward to any of the debates. Like I'm actually thinking about this. I wouldn't even be surprised if Trump starts skipping the debates with whoever the nominee is. Why would Why would he show up for what? I get. I, I would not be surprised if he does start doing that and then holds his own rally. Yeah, like what? What incentive is there for him to show up to a debate? All the media is treating me unfair. Like I don't have the narrative. I'm being treated so unfairly. But you people, you people are the ones, the only ones that understand what's going on. I love you people. They're trying to. You saw they tried to impeach me. They couldn't do it. Now they're trying to to victim. They're trying to 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 make me a victim. Why? Why? Because media, you have shown for the last four years that you are unequipped to actually deal with this. Because to deal with this, you have to actually say this is wrong. And you're refusing to say this is wrong. You're still playing the, well, got to hear both sides. No, wrong is wrong. and This shit is wrong. I still, I, I, I go back to when Barack Obama said Fox News is a propaganda wing of the Republican Party. And... CNN and mainstream media writ large was like, you can't say that. You're attacking the media. Trump calls all of them fake news. And Fox is like, yes, they are fake news. You should only listen to us. Should have listened to the black guy. Right? Like, so, so much of what went wrong under Obama was acquiescing to white fragility. You know, honestly, nothing about it. Here's, here's how I'm, here's how I'm, Here's all this house I'm also doing. I know there are a lot of people out there who feel some kind of way because 
Like, well, we're definitely going to have a white president no matter what happens next, right? And all the people of color are, are pretty much out of the race. Um, look at it this way. I'm going to enjoy some of the people who swore up and down that it would be so easy coming back later on and saying, huh, wow, the black guy was right. It was a lot harder than I thought. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, the people who thought it was so easy. Just do this, just do that, just do that. How when they realize just what they're signing up for, and it's not that easy, I look forward to them going, huh. Obama had it right. So, oh boy. Anyway, um, yo, man, thank you very much for joining me on this first of 12 insane checks coming out this year. Um, yeah, man. It, uh, it's, 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 I, I've enjoyed the tradition. I've enjoyed opening uh, each new year like this. Sad to see it. Well, not sad to see it go, but you know, uh, yeah, man. This is this is this has been a, a big deal. Like I like doing this. I'm thinking about it. I've been listening to the Insanity Check and listening to you since 2009. Jeez, man. Yeah, man. Jeez, that's a long. Big, time. This is a big deal. It is a big deal. God damn, man, making me feel old. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's been great. Um. Wow. Yeah. It's been a it's been a it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. So um all right folks. Uh thank you guys very much. We'll be back in February with the next guest. I'm not gonna tell you guys who it is. We're just gonna show up and we'll we'll talk. So um yeah, folks, thank you guys very much for listening and uh Justin, tell them where they can find you at, man. Uh you can check us out, Three Fifths Podcast. Uh anywhere you get your podcast, we're up on Spotify finally. So Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Just type in Three Fifths Podcast. You'll see us there. We are coming back next week, question mark. Yes, I'm looking at the date. So next week we'll be back. <laughs> and can't wait to kick it with y'all. Can't wait to chat with y'all. Chris, thanks for having me on, man. Thank you guys very much. Thank you very much. Check them out. And like I said, uh, check us out. Subscribe. Attention check at uh, uh, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or go to mtrnetwork.net. So again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. Until next time, we are out of here. Peace.